Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Amazing Love. I am so excited about today's topic, as I am pretty much every week, and I almost wish I could be sitting with you, the audience, um, so that we can actually have real conversations about this topic because it's so delicate. Today, we're talking about how to have difficult conversations with your spouse, And this is, it's so heavy, but yet it's a fragile topic because I've seen circumstances where your conversations can go really, really right, or they can go really, really wrong. And of course, we'd rather them go right, but we just have to learn how to temper our attitudes, our demeanor, and temper the conversation so that it comes out the right way. Let me start by saying in my relationship, I'm usually the one where if, you know, something is bothering me, I'm very vocal about it. (laughs) And I'm usually very vocal or I was very vocal at the time it was bothering me because I believed for a long time in not letting things fester. And in my attempt to not let things fester and kind of like, or kind of like, you know, say what I needed to say at the time, I found that that's not always the right thing. And my conversations didn't always come out the right way, Um, either in my body language or just the way it came out. It just wasn't right. And it wasn't the way I intended it to come out. And then you have to spend so much time apologizing for the way it came out that you never really get to the meat of whatever it is that is bothering you. So as I, you know, begin to take these marriage classes and become a marriage educator myself, and then not only that, I guess some years of wisdom, I found out that it wasn't the best way to handle things. And, you know, actually now I find myself waiting a little bit and contemplating on how and even when I'm going to say what needs to be said. And let me just say, there are some things that need to be said. There are some things that you just can't take for granted that your spouse is going to know that is hurting you and that is bothering you and that you do need to find the appropriate time so that you're satisfied in the relationship as well. So what I'm going to do is just kind of walk you through my thoughts and how I process the things in my marriage that I feel like need to be said. Um, But let me just forestate this. Uh, I have the most amazing husband. I love James L. Harrison III. I dare not say his middle name. (laughs) Some of you know, um, which is ironic. We still can't figure out why everyone calls him JJ because he's not a junior. He's the third. So we don't know where that came from, but I'm not trying to make you start calling him anything other. So anyway, I love my husband. He is a great guy. The thing I love about him the most is the JJ that you see in front of you, the one that's singing the songs and writing these beautiful lyrics and proclaiming the word and the work of the Lord. He lives that behind closed doors. And that means so much to me because I know that there are people who struggle with the integrity of the message um, and living out the integrity of the message. And Mr. JJ Harrison, as you know, him does not have a problem with that at all. Thanks be to God. We literally grew up together And yet I still find that we are learning each other because people's needs change. The things that, you know, we were doing and we were saying and places we were going and things like that when we were very on in our relationship may not be the things that we need or that's necessary to the relationship right now. So as needs change, 
I'm a firm believer that uh, couples should be or each spouse should be receptive to that and finding a way to meet each other's needs and still grow together as well. So just, you know, couples across the board in our aim to please each other and, you know, have some self-satisfaction as well, which I'm sure you can agree, we don't always get things right. But instead of claiming irreconcilable differences and instead of having continuous arguments and discussions and fights, I think it would be worth it if we can have these difficult conversations. They can work to our benefit if we apply some of these precepts and these concepts that I'd like to go over. So the first thing that I find myself thinking of is what is it that I am trying to gain out of having this conversation? And I want to make sure that my needs are not selfish needs, whatever it is that I want to discuss with my husband that may be difficult. I have a way of trying to do a self-evaluation and making sure my needs aren't selfish. And in me asking for something, I try to make sure that he his needs are being met as well, because there it makes no sense for one person to be extremely happy and the other person um, find it difficult to be happy in the same thing. And I understand that we all have to make some sacrifices. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to be selfish in the request that I make. That's what I like to do. I like to first just take a step back and have some self-evaluation time and just make sure what I'm asking for is not selfish and that it's lining up with the will and the word of the Lord. And I don't ever want to take that for granted. That should always be first in any request that we have. We need to make sure that it's lining up with the word. And nine times out of 10, if it's lining up with the word, then I can't see why your spouse would have a a hard time with it. But if they do, there is still a way to walk them through it and for them to get to see the bigger picture. But I think all of that happens with you first self-evaluating and finding out and making sure that you line up with the word of God. And then secondly, I want to make sure when I do approach him that I'm not defensive. And I guess that's why I really had to take a step back and not be such a vocal person when it comes to things that I may want to see better done better in the relationship is I don't want to go with an attitude. And you guys know how we are. Our approach can be very, very wrong. And you're already thinking negative and you're already thinking about how this is not going to work and this cannot go on forever. And we need to make a change right now. All of that can come across in your language, in your body language, in your in your voice, in your tone. Um, I worked in customer service for almost 18 years of my life. And one of the major things that they drilled into us is your tone of voice. Um, I worked in a credit card company and there were a lot of credit cards who had better interest rates than we did. We weren't always very competitive in our rates, but in order to keep our loyal customers, we said, even if we have to deliver the bad news and knowing that we may not be the best in the, in the business, we have to make sure that we're extra careful to have excellent customer service. And a lot of that has to deal with the tone because it was over the phone. 
So it made me more aware of, even in my marriage now, it makes me more aware of how I speak to people and to make sure that even if I'm feeling something on the inside, that I'm not portraying that on the outside. It's something that we call feel and deal and knowing the difference of how to feel something and then how to deal with it. All of that can come across as defensiveness if we're not careful. And then I'm also careful not to take offense. I want my partner to hear what I'm saying, and then I want them to have a say in it. So if he comes back to me and he says, well, you know, Trina, this is not going to work because such and such and such, I don't want to take what he's saying and begin to get offended by what he's saying, because then again, we're steering the boat the wrong way. What we want is a resolution. We don't want there to become more anger on top of already having to discuss something that is difficult. So it's just like the Bible says, don't, don't be offended. Learn not to take offense at what someone is saying, especially in the times where you're already having a difficult conversation. Um, don't sit there and try to say, well, you said, and you said, and this is what you meant. And it is just not going to go well. So that's another thing I try to do is just to make sure that the goal is to resolve and not to be offensive or defensive. Another thing is we have to leave out the adjectives, leave out the name calling, leave out the blaming and adjectives are necessary, but they can be used in the wrong way because they modify the noun. They make the noun more than what it should be or sometimes less than what it should be. And then your spouse can sometimes have a misunderstanding in the way you're delivering something. Having a difficult conversation is already difficult in and of itself. So if I'm adding a lot of extra words and things like that to make the person feel what I'm feeling, I can totally misconstrue the conversation. I think it's actually best to write down some of these things so that you can make sure you reread it and take out anything that is not necessarily a part of the conversation that you really need to have at the time. This one is really, really big. Um, It's start the conversation softly. And I think we kind of hit on this earlier when we were talking about your demeanor. There's nothing worse than coming to a person um, already in a, a tizzy and already angry and already speaking kind of harshly. It makes the person not receive what you're saying because they're trying to filter through all the things that are coming across even more strongly to start a conversation off softly. Sometime I ask my spouse, what are your thoughts about X, Y, and Z, or what are your, how do you feel about a particular topic or what can we do to make this better? Those are some soft approach phrases that can help you get your point across and let your spouse know, Hey, you also have a say in this. It's not all about me. So try that next time. Try saying, what are your thoughts about this, sweetie? Or how can we make this better? Things like that make your spouse feel a part of the conversation and it doesn't make it seem as though you're coming off so roughly. (laughs) My husband is a man of plans. So if I come to him and I say, you know what, let's make a plan, 
so that the next time this happens, we know how to deal with it. And I know I'm not hurting your feelings. You know, you're not hurting mine and we can walk away and have a win-win situation. Another thing that I tried to process is choosing a good time to have these conversations, which I explained earlier that usually I was the person who the minute it hit me is the minute that I had to say it. But I found that that's not always a good way because I found that I have to wait until my husband is ready to receive what I'm saying. I give an example sometime about, you know, we have a bad habit of sleeping with the TV on. And I can tell you that after we watch several episodes of the Golden Girls, I think Frasier comes on next on a particular network that we watch it on. After Frasier, I'm really not sure what happens because I'm asleep. I'm unconscious to what is happening on my TV. It's not that I go deaf. I can still hear, but I have become unconscious to the things that are on TV because I'm in a different world. And understanding that, I think sometimes that we have a tendency to talk, 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 talk to our spouses when they are not conscious to hear what we are saying. So choosing the right time has everything to do with how receptive your spouse is going to be to what you have to say. So I would make sure you choose a good time, maybe a chill moment where, you know, it's not much going on. Maybe the kids aren't around. Um, the TV is off, or maybe it's, you know, playing softly in the background. You say, Hey, you know what? I just want to ask you, how do you feel about such and such? If that's a good way to know that your spouse is tuned in to what you are saying so that you can get the result that you're trying to get. A lot of people say, I don't even know if he's listening to me. I've been saying it a million times, a million times, but it may just be the timing that you're saying it in and not necessarily the message, but the timing that you're putting that message in may not be a good time for your spouse. So let's be sensitive to our timing. Another thing is don't be afraid to ask, what can I do better? I think even though you have a particular need and this is something that is bothering you, don't be afraid of saying, you know, is there a better way that I can handle X, Y, and Z so that we can both have the result we're looking for? Don't be afraid to admit that maybe it is something that you yourself isn't doing right that could be contributing to the problem. Again, all of these things won't apply to your particular situation, but some of them will. So the ones that will, you use those to your advantage so that you can have these conversations and get the results. So like I said, if it's something that you may be doing wrong or or maybe that you can do better, don't be afraid of putting yourself in the fire as well and saying, you know what, I'm willing to do this better so that we can have a better result. Another one I want to talk about is, you know, when JJ and I were younger, we had a habit of always emailing and texting each other. I think that's because when we grew up, we lived in two separate cities. I lived in Shelton, Connecticut. He lived in Bridgeport, Connecticut. So face-to-face interaction wasn't always there. And very early, early on in our relationship, um, we had curfews. I don't know if that's a such thing these days, but um, we had curfews and it was certain times that we could not be on the phone. So when email specifically was introduced to our generation, I hope I'm not telling my age, I would send him an email. He would send me an email or whatever. And sometimes some of our more difficult topics were being dealt with or still being dealt with over email in which I saw that to my advantage only because I was able to 
reread what I said and make sure it fit for the moment. Make sure I wasn't speaking out of anger or make sure that, you know, what I was saying was really being conveyed in the best way it could be conveyed. And even though some people talk against sending text and emails and everything now, because there are some old school people who are really into that face-to-face interaction, sometimes it's not a bad idea just to write your thoughts down in a journal, even in an email have a mentor or someone else like that, someone that you trust, a mentor, a pastor, an elder of the church or something like that. Read it, not your friend, but someone who is skilled in the area of marriage. If you want to go over this with them first to make sure that um, you are saying the correct thing and it can be received the best way possible, you may want to do that. I think it's worth it. You guys, we can go for hours and that's why I almost wish that you guys were with me so that I can actually see you face to face, but I'm glad you're listening. And listen, if you have any feedback, anything that you want to say concerning any of these topics that we talk about, don't be afraid to email us at amazinglovewithjjandtrina at gmail.com. I know that's a lot. It's amazinglovewithjjandtrina at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. We love taking your questions and your suggestions. But until then, thank you for tuning in to Amazing Love. And I hope that something we said today will help you have amazing love. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye.